This is Mom Goals. With world-class professional soccer player, Allie Long. Today's guest is softball legend, Kat Osterman. She was the only three-time USA Softball Player of the Year at the University of Texas, a six-time professional all-star, and gold and two-time silver medalist in the Olympics. Kat was also the first softball player to appear on the cover of Sports Illustrated in 2002. She is a stepmom and is currently pregnant. So excited for you to listen to my chat with Kat Osterman. First of all, what made you want to play softball and be a pitcher, which is one of the tougher positions by far? So, for funny story, I actually started out playing soccer. Um, really? You know, yeah, I think like most people, it's like the one thing you can do at a young age because you just go <laughs> run around. Yeah. Um, and I enjoyed it. But as soon as we could, they put me in goal. And um, as much as I liked it, there came a point in time when the ball was on the other end of the field for longer than I ever saw. You're bored. <laughs> yeah, and I got bored. And so um, I had tried softball once before and actually really didn't like it at all. And so... When I told my parents, I was like, you know, I don't mind it, but I never get out of goal because they always bribe me. It's like, oh, it's a 1-0 game. We need you back there for the second half, too. And right. um, so I, you know, just expressed interest in trying to do something that I wasn't so bored at. And um, my dad suggested <laughs> trying softball again. And so I did. And I played Little League. And in Little League, um, pitchers have like inning limits. So our other two pitchers, because we had some rainouts rescheduled had thrown the max amount of innings they could that week. And um, what our coach basically asked was like, hey, who wants to try to pitch? And I was trying anything and everything. I'm left-handed, so in softball you're at first base or outfield pretty much. Um, Occasionally you might get to catch if you're lucky, but not very many left-handed catchers either. And so I really, if you're left-handed, like you're more, you're like, okay, you're not a pitcher. (laughs) Yeah, well, you can pitch. Um, You can pitch. I just hadn't expressed interest up to that point. Right. Um, you don't play other infield positions just because it's unnatural um, right. in fielding and throwing. And so I was in the outfield and I raised my hand and it's like, I'll try. Um, <laughs> and he let me in um, from the second I stepped in the circle. I just loved being part of every every pitch and every play and, you know, just more in tune. Um, the other sport I grew up playing was basketball, which is constant stimulation as well. So um, I think I'm just one of those athletes. I need a little more constant stimulation than all the breaks in between. <laughs> no, I think that um, goalkeeping is probably one of the mentally tougher positions because all of a, you might not see a shot the entire game. And then all of a sudden that yeah. the 90th minute, there's a shot that like you need to save for us. To, and you have to be like on point this entire time. You can't kind of like mentally drift out. So that makes total sense. And I could never be a goalie, not because I don't want to be in front of shots, but just the simple fact of, yeah, like the attention that you need and like the mental side of it. It's like, especially as a kid, I can't even imagine. Um, Yeah. I don't know how goalies do it. I guess like you just love it and that's it. But you have to. Yes. Well, that's actually really cool and funny story that that's how you got into to pitching. And so you just started from then. And it's been that ever since. Yeah. So I was like right before I was turning 11. And so I asked my dad after that for my 11th birthday, if I could have pitching lessons. Um, I'm pretty sure they got me something else, but I also got my pitching <laughs> lessons. Um, and then, yeah, I just, I loved the aspect of the fact that like, you're never perfect at it, but you can keep trying to be as close to perfect as you want. And there's always something, some part of the trade to be continuing to improve at. So 
Um, over time, you know, obviously as a youngster, it goes just from throwing strikes to changing speeds and eventually throwing pitches that break. And But the older I get, you know, it's figuring out the strategy of using those and things like that. So just the challenge that it presents every single day um, is really what I fell in love with. And don't get me wrong, I love the sport of softball, but I really, truly, I think it became a long-term thing because I fell in love with pitching itself. Yeah, there's so many, like, I feel like details in pitching. And then as you got older, do you think the wiser, and I don't know, I feel you just see the game differently when you get a little bit older. Do you feel better than, you know, you ever has as you got older and, and kind of competed in the 2020 Olympics? Yeah, you know, the older you get, you get to figure out how to utilize the tools that you do have. Um, obviously, sometimes you can reinvent yourself or, or come out with a new pitch that you've been working on that no one really knows because, you know, we're not playing year round all the time. So you can mm-hmm. go in the off season and work on something and come out with something new. Um, and then just being able to tinker with, I mean, the last game of my career, I threw um, a pitch that I hadn't really ever thrown in a game, um, probably like really? eight to 10 times. Yeah. So I, I didn't have a true change up. I have a slow curve. Um, and I always throw it away to hitters, but I started throwing it inside to righties like the last week of my career. Um, it's something we had talked about using in 2020 Olympics and just didn't need to. Um, so then when I was playing pro ball for that last little stint, decided, hey, why not? And then we threw it probably eight to ten times and it worked. And I was laughing because I'm like, well, that maybe <laughs> made my yeah. <laughs> Should have pulled this, this out earlier. a little sooner. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah, but it's fun to to play with the strategy and just see – and, you know, for me, I played my first Olympics when I back in uh, 04 when I was 21 and to be playing at 38 and 20 um, against almost a different generation of athletes. Like, right. Technology's changed, terminology, um, not that their swings are completely different, but they're trained a little different than athletes I played with to begin with. And so um, just, you know, combating a different challenge, a different mindset, people with different plans. And so did... So you're 38 when you, your last game and how, or at the Olympics where you're 38? Yeah. Did anyone ever say like, you're too old to do this? No, no one ever said I was too old. I think there were times I thought I was too old to do this. You know, when you're going through conditioning and 24, yeah. 25 year olds are lapping you or you're yeah, trying yeah. to just keep in view of them. Yeah. Um, there are a few times that I felt like my body was just, it's so different. Your body's right. just different at that age, but um, for the most part, you know, I had a lot of support in coming out of retirement for those 2020 Olympics. That's so awesome. I love that. And, um, wait, you retired before the Olympics. You did. You're like, I'm done. Yeah. So softball, we got voted out after 2008. Right. So I played professionally until 2015. Um, and then was coaching college at the same time. And so, um, it just came a time I had to, I had to fully devote to the college that was paying me to be there and, and coach. And I was kind of ready um, and then, of course, after I retired in 15 and 16 is when they announced the softball would be back in 2020. Um, and I had some teammates call me like, well, would you consider it? <laughs> At the time, I was like, no, you know, I had just actually met what's now my husband. Um, and so life was kind of, you know, starting to take on its own shape and form. And um, but then talking with him in 2018, I kind of was like, I think I might want to go back. And That's he so was amazing. all for it. So. It worked out. Um, And have you always wanted to be a mom? You know, the funny part is no. Like even, I mean, rewind to just 2018, beginning of 19. um, At our first, the first national team tryout I came back to, we were on the bus. And um, I think one of the younger girls asked, you know, do you want kids? And I was like, no, I don't think so. But then sometime (laughs) between 19 and 20, um, my tune changed a little bit. 
Um, <laughs> but I think I was also for a long time just hyper-focused on my career. And it was mm-hmm. kind of one of those, if I met someone and that conversation happened, we could have a conversation about it. But it wasn't something that was always a priority in my life to make sure um, I was able to do. And so, um, yeah, I think about it's halfway through 2019, my husband and I had a conversation and I was like, you know, I think, I think I want one of our own. Um, he has a daughter from his previous marriage. So I do have a stepdaughter. And I think finally once her and I gelled and just even feeling the love for her, I was kind of like, okay, I think I want one of our own. So, um, we talked about it and we were like, okay, as soon as I'm done playing, we'll try. And obviously COVID postponed that a year, (laughs) like everything else, um, But yeah, so now it's been exciting. That's awesome. Um, I totally understand how being a stepmom is. My boyfriend has two kids from his previous marriage already. And I kind of literally walked in into a situation where I went from zero kids to two stepkids and now twins, (laughs) which is wild. But um, how was transitioning into being a stepmom? You know, it, I, it's not easy. It's not ever easy. Um, she was thankfully three. So it wasn't like she was super old to where they had spent a ton of time, just the two of them. But um, they had spent enough time that it was just the two of them. So obviously she sees you as someone who's taking dad's time or, you know, even small things like when he'd sit on my side of the booth at a restaurant or whatever. And she'd be like, dad, come sit over here. And you know, he's like, I'm going to sit with Kat right now. Um, but, you know, thankfully over time, um, we split, we have 50-50 custody. So we split and the relationship with her mom is actually really good. So I'm blessed there because her mom has been a big force of, you know, reminding her that her stepmom is really doing the best she can. And when I show up to her dance competitions or whatever else she has, you know, that she doesn't have to come, but she comes because she loves you. And um, so that helped the transition um, once you know, we were on the nice. same page. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very fortunate. I don't I don't take that for granted at all. Um, but it was just cool, too, because there were times early on that I kind of looked at Joey and was like, I'm, I'm not her mom. Like, that maternal yeah. thing hasn't clicked. You know, everyone yeah. else says it happens when you have the kid, and I didn't have her. So, um, but thankfully, over time, we grew. So, I and, still don't want kids, Joey. <laughs> I'm just yeah. Kidding. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. Um, but it was a little bit, it was a little tough, but I feel like it could have been a lot harder um, if I didn't have support from her mom. And, you know, at the same time, the, the 50-50 custody helps too, because we're getting her every other week and it's not just, you know, a weekend here and there or things like that. So that we were able to eventually build up a relationship and her understand that, you know, while sometimes I might seem like mean stepmom, I'm really just trying to help her grow right. as, <laughs> as a kid and as a human. And, um, I think that's one of my, that was probably about four or five years ago, but she gave me a Christmas card with $5 taped into it and said, thank you for helping me get better at life. And Aww. I was just like, oh. <laughs> anyway, she's you a lot. So for a six, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And for a six-year-old, I was like, okay, this is a pretty um, advanced card like, yeah. getting me better for life. But it was really cool just to for us to turn the corner. That's awesome. That makes me really happy. Yeah, I have a really good relationship with um, my boyfriend's kids, and it's it's nice. But I think, um, you know, having the support of the ex-wife um, in your situation is just so helpful, and it makes it so much easier on the kids. So um, that's awesome. Is there anything you've learned as a stepmom that is going to help you as a, as a new mom? 
Yeah, I think the biggest thing is there were times that, you know, I felt like I was I was failing, so to speak, just because I would try and it was like, yeah, she'd get mad or go cry to her in a room and I'm sitting there like I didn't really do anything. And um, <laughs> my husband is, you know, he's like, she does it to me. She does it to her mom. She does it to her stepdad. Like, you're not failing. It's just a matter of like, that's how kids are. And so I think I've just learned that no matter what, you know, your best is always good enough. Um, Uh and everybody does things differently. And obviously we all know how to parent from basically usually how we were parented by our own. And so, you know, I just finally kind of, there's no right or wrong way. And I, so that's where, you know, when I looked at him, sometimes I was like, what am I supposed to do? He's like, what's your gut say? Like, just try, if you're watching her, you don't have to call me every second to figure out what you have to do. And I was like, okay. (laughs) Um, So I think the biggest thing is there's no right or wrong way. And that, you know, you're not you're not going to be successful 100% of the time and we should know that cuz we didn't listen to our parents and anyone else that have authority on occasion so um, <laughs> to expect to expect it is a little bit um presumptuous yeah i know i'm praying my daughter has um, not a hundred percent of me in her because of what I did to like my parents and I feel like I never listened. Um, but anyways, um, so how's your pregnancy been so far? How many months long are you? So I am 34 weeks. We are five, five, six weeks away. So, wow. um, yeah, well into the third trimester. Um, fortunate, like the pregnancy, pregnancy itself has been rather easy. Um, there wasn't much sickness. I literally just realized that things hadn't happened right. And so I was like, I think we need to go get a test. (laughs) And uh, sure enough. And, um, you know, it happened. The timing of it has been great too, as far as I I coach a travel team, a little 18 U team. So, um, you know, it, it's happened to where I was still able to coach in the fall and having the baby's not going to affect the summer because my mom's going to travel with her with me. So that way I can continue um, doing, you know, what I like to do. And, um, but it's so far, it's been relatively easy. I think the biggest mind shift was just as an athlete, we trained so long to like keep our bodies in shape. Yeah. And, and then all of a sudden, no matter what you're doing, it's, it's growing. Um, yep. for me, like my hips and my thighs <laughs> and all that are like the one area that I'm always like running and whatnot. And I'm like, now I can't, it's, it doesn't matter what I do. Yeah. They're just going to grow. That's what everyone said to me. They were like, just relax. You like this is the one time in your life. And I'm like, I never knew what that was. Like, I didn't know what relaxing was. Like, I felt like yeah. it was really hard the first, like, when I started getting, like, bigger and I couldn't do kind of what I wanted to do. I think that was really hard just being having that athlete mindset of like, you know, you're always doing something and mine was in my off season and my off season has always been so intense and training. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, I can't really do, can I do this? I don't know if I can do this. Oh my God. Like I feel like shit. I actually don't really feel like doing anything. And then everyone's just like, okay, just relax for like one second. I'm like, no, like, you know, you don't understand. So I think it's interesting as like a athlete in that mindset of, you know, training for so long and then all of a sudden it's just like, now what? You know, and that weird um, in between of like, okay, the baby's not here yet. So, um, you know, but you want to stay in shape in in some capacity because you're just used to that lifestyle. Um, Is there anything that makes you nervous about being a new mom and and have going through that process are you nervous about anything I mean I think about everything Uh, (laughs) (laughs) you know I'm excited for her to come but at the same time it's just you can read up on whatever you want but you know everyone's pregnancy everyone's birth everyone's child is different so it's like you can read everything you want it may not be anything close to what you experience and so 
I'm a little nervous. I think the one part is my husband's already been through it once. So at least he has a little bit experience with, you know, waking up in the middle of the night and <laughs> yeah. all that. Um, I already feel bad enough because I think I wake him up rolling around uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you know it's getting close when you're starting. Right. You can't sleep and you just, you're, yeah, your partner's like, you know, trying to do everything. You're like, sorry. Yeah. I feel like massive and just uncomfortable. Um, So, and that's such a good point because I think that, you know, you could, there are so many books, but I actually going to it, I was like, I'm not going to read a book. And then I literally met a doula and she was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like I was just going to go into it and be like, I don't know, you know, I'm <laughs> through birth, everything. I want to do it naturally. I gave her early at 36, so I had a C-section, emergency C-section. But um, yeah, like I didn't even want to read a book because I was like, everyone's going to say something about something and I you just don't know until you you're there and in it um have you ever had annoying advice like so far like or I feel like someone always wants to say something is there you know things that people are saying that you're just like okay like I'll yeah, figure it 100%. out or, I think yeah. it's like if you want the most unsolicited advice be pregnant yeah <laughs> I mean, true. everyone just tells you something that you're like okay that might might have worked for you or, you know, blessed lady at church the other day told me, I don't remember what she told me, but I was like, um, I'm pretty sure you had your kid 30, 40 years ago. Yeah, it's so um, different. Yeah. It's different now. But um, yeah, I mean, I think there have been, you know, I think the biggest thing is everyone's like, oh, your life is going to change. You're not going to be able to do what you want to do. And I'm like, That's you know, my true. mom went back. My mom went back to work, not she waited, she waited with me, but my two brothers, she went to back to work pretty quickly. And so I was like, you know, that was back when we didn't have all this technology and nannies galore and things. So I'm like, if my mom can go back to doing what she was doing, I'm pretty sure I can keep living the life I want to. Um, but it was cool because there was on the other side, flip side is we, we um, went to a banquet and a couple that was at our table at the end of the night, the mom, the lady was like, you know, I know you get so much unsolicited advice, but the best advice I was given and I give it to everyone is, you know what, your child is going to grow up in your environment. You don't have to change your environment for the child. So if you're used to going out to and, and walking at trails, just take the stroller with you. Don't say, right. no, I can't do that anymore. Or if, you know, you guys travel, take the baby with you. Don't say, no, I can't travel anymore. And I was just kind of like, okay, that's, that's that advice I can, I can run with. <laughs> yeah. I think the best advice that I've gotten or got that actually is, you know, pre-pregnancy and then after delivering is literally the only thing is I think my best friend gave me a list of like gear that like baby stuff that she actually used and was like don't spend money on this like you know that's it's whatever you can get a cheaper version for this you know like this yeah. is worth it to spend the money on this or whatever and I would say the Duna car seats are the best just so you know Okay. They're like a stroller car seat. You like can literally pop it out and just like stroll with it and then it folds down and you put it in your car. It's really nice. Oh, nice. So, yeah. So I would say the only advice that I thought was helpful really was like, you know, what gear to get and what you kind of need. Um, that is helpful. But um, I totally agree. People would always say like, your life's going to change and um, it obviously is going to be different, but it doesn't have to change, you know? And I think that I really like that advice that your environment yeah. doesn't have to change, but it is intimidating when it's like your life's changing, you know, like, it's like, I know it's like different, but it doesn't have to be different, like completely different, you know? Right. 
So you um, also have your master's degree in educational counseling psychology with a concentration in positive coaching. Wow. First of all, it's amazing. Um, How has that education informed you as a parent? You know, I think that that particular master's degree um, just changed the perspective of, and you probably grew up in the same environment I did where, you know, there's, there's hard coaching, but then there's like over, over top hard coaching. And, you know, one of my favorite coaches was so hard on me, but at the end of the day, I also knew that she wanted the best out of me and cared about me, loved me. Like it was, she could yell at me and scream at me for doing the wrong things. But when practice ended, she also came over and, you know, put the hand on your shoulder and how to talk. That was like, okay, this is what I need from you and why. And I know you're not trying to do this, but, and so, um, that degree kind of turned my mindset in the fact of, you know, we can be positive, but still be demanding. Um, and I think that's the same with parenting as you can be demanding and have standards and expectations as the kids get older. Um, but there's a way to positively spin it or to put almost a, not necessarily a reward system on it, but an earning type system on the behaviors that you want to see and um, the expectations you have. And so it's been interesting because I coached uh, college softball for 12 years. um, And it's just the difference from when I started to when I ended. And a lot of it's because I took, you know, I got my master's in between. Um, But being able to talk to those athletes and they know what the standard is and how hard I want them to work and what I expect out of them every day. But at the same time, being able to show them that, you know, I do love them. I do care about them. And that's why I want them to be able to strive for this standard. And I think we can do that with our kids too. And I think sometimes with some parents, it's like when you don't find that middle ground of both is when you get kids that either A, don't respect, you know, authority or B, are so scared to be critiqued that there's no middle ground and and you get kind of stuck. Yeah, I think that's a really good point you say about the bond and the, the you know, developing that that you can be demanding, but, you know, having that bond with your coach and just knowing that it's coming from a, a good place versus a bad place, um, it, it makes all the difference. My coach growing up was so hard, but at the end of the day, it was, you know, high fives, joking around. Like I had such a good friendship or relationship, um, you know, that was developed outside of when, you know, the whistle blew or when, when practice started that w- enabled me to take what they were saying and don't tell me, don't, um, I, I mean, I was, I was also like mad at the time. It wasn't like easy all the time, you know, but knowing yeah. that that coach cared is like, was the difference in, you know, me listening or me just being like, stop. Um, and so I think that's such a good, good point. Um, how do you see softball or baseball being a part of your kid's life in the future? You know, I think we're going to let her obviously experience, like my parents let me experiment and play so many different sports and we'll probably do the same at a young age and figure out um, what she likes to do. Obviously I coach, so she'll be around the field for a while. Um, I also know that hopefully she's going to be tall between me and her dad. So maybe (laughs) we'll go to an, maybe we'll go to an indoor sport or something. But um, no, if she decides that, you know, softball is what she wants to play, I'll support it a hundred percent. But I'm also not going to push it on her just because it's what I did. Um, I think, you know, that was the cool part was my parents let me figure out what I loved and what I was passionate about and want to do the same for her. That's awesome. What if your daughter is like, 
you put her in all these sports and she's like, no, I don't want to do any of them. I don't know. <laughs> I, um, I keep trying to think, I keep trying to think that, you know what, one of them will take, <laughs> even if it's cross country and I have to yeah. go sit and watch her run in the trees, I will. Something. But something. <laughs> um, so how do you want to incorporate like athletics into your family life? So I coach a travel team here in Texas. And so she'll be with me some. And um, my husband's a golf coach at University of Texas, San Antonio. And so he'll take her out to the course. And he played basketball. Actually, he did basketball and uh, golf both at a D- Division three school here in Texas. So that's awesome. Um, yeah. So, you know, we both are still active and she'll be around. And obviously, you know, as soon as she can swing a club, I'm sure he'll have her out there swinging clubs in the driving range <laughs> with the guys. And, um, you know, same with us. We'll just, we'll continue to put her, put her around it. And, um, you know, my parents aren't far from us and my dad was an avid sports fan and played everything growing up as well. So that's, you know, why he put us in everything. And so as much as I don't think he can play basketball with her anymore, if she <laughs> wants to go shoot hoops, he'll sit there and, and help her learn how to, how to shoot and dribble correctly and all of that. That's awesome. Do you play golf? I am a terrible golfer and I don't have the patience right now to learn it. So um, I attempt to play, but I kind of play putt-putt down the entire course. (laughs) So does your husband, like, if you golf with him, is he, like, trying to give you some tips as you're golfing? He used to, and I think I, like, too many times snapped at him. (laughs) And so now we'll be playing and I'll be doing terrible and I'll tell him, be like, why aren't you telling me anything? Yeah. We've, I learned we've, my we've lesson. Gone, yeah, he's like, we've gone down that road once before. He's like, if you want to learn, I'll find somebody to give you golf lessons. So I'm like, All right, fine. How competitive is it in your household coming from a, you know, both of you guys having this athletic background? It gets competitive. I think the good thing is basketball is kind of the only thing we overlapped in. And I always tell him he should be better at basketball because he actually played it longer. Um, <laughs> but it's still, I mean, we can... We can play tiddlywinks and I'm trying to win. And sometimes he's tra- sometimes he tries to win and other times he's just laughing at me at how, uh, how hard I'm I'm going to make tra- sure that I win. <laughs> so it gets competitive um, and I don't think it'll change. So it'll be fun to to raise this this little girl up and get her to learn how to be competitive and, you know, fight for things she wants and, and likes and but at the same time, enjoy it. That's so awesome. Um, yeah, I think like uh, one person I interviewed on my podcast a couple of weeks ago, she said she's, you know, this super fit, totally into fitness and, you know, just taking care of your body nutritionally, mentally, physically. And, and her best advice was always just like show them, you know, don't tell them, show them, you know, be that example. And that was really good advice that, you know, she gave me when it came to just like, because I was like, what if my kids, I probably asked this question all the time, like, what if my kids don't want to play sports? Like, I want them to be sports because I love sports and my, right. you know, my boyfriend loves sports and I want that, you know, it, it's teaches so many life lessons and, and, you know, build such good character. That's like something that's like been so important. So, um, but it was really good advice. She just said, show them and, 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 you know, you don't need to tell them all the time, but just showing them, and you know, you being the example is really good advice that I got from her. Um, so I appreciate that. Um, okay. So at the end of every podcast, I usually ask what your mom goal for the week is. Okay, so what is your stepmom or your mom-to-be goal of the week? Stepmom goal is actually what you just hit on, is always showing her how to be a strong, um, 
strong, independent woman and continuing to even with my walk, um, my walk with my faith. Um, she just got done with a weekend at the church. And so continuing to show her what that looks like every morning. Um, and then my mom to Beagle, get the nursery ready. It's almost there. So <laughs> we're going to get the nursery decorated and done and then uh, start on the hospital bag. Yeah, that's awesome. I actually was like freaking out because when I went into like regular checkup on a Monday, they're like, you need to deliver like now. And I was at 36 weeks and it was like the nursery was like kind of done, but I had, I just had my baby shower. So I had so many like new clothes, gifts, everything. I was like everyone on the floor. I'm like, I, I like, I felt so, I was like, it's, yeah, I was so, um, <laughs> I was the shell. I was like, wait, but, but my nursery's already like, I need my hospital bag. Like, I don't have these things. So good for you for starting before 36 weeks because mine was not together. And then all of a sudden you have babies and you're like, well, how do I even have time to fix their nursery now? Um, but good for you to get it together. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for coming on. I'm really excited for you as a new mom. Um, and know your life is not going to be changed it's going to be added to I I think that that's important to always remember yeah no I appreciate that and I appreciate you having me when I got the email I was like really I was like I'm not a mom yet but I'll come on so it's perfect I love talking to Kat it's such a good perspective from another athlete that is already a mom as a stepmom but is a mom to be it was a great conversation and my mom goal for this week is getting my babies healthy and myself healthy because we are traveling on wednesday this has been mom goals with ali long please like rate and review mom goals is a gallery media group production